Hey, this is Scotty from My Developer TV. Before you listen to the show, I just wanted to let you know that we've got a Thanksgiving sale on this week. We're giving away a ton of video and a $150 voucher for just 99 bucks. There's only a limited number available, so go check it out at iDeveloper.tv. Now here's the show. It's Tuesday. It's the 20th of November 2012. And this is the iDeveloper Podcast, episode 73. Welcome, everybody. I have no idea where John is today. Um, but fortunately, uh, our guest has turned up today, so otherwise I'd have just been by myself. Please, everybody say hello to Erica Sadu. Hello. Hello, Erica. It's great to have you back on. Um, I know it's only been a few weeks, and we're going to talk about um, uh, you know, loads of stuff around iOS 6 and everything. But before we do the news and before that, I need to do an apology. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I can't even remember what episode it was, I think it might have been 70, uh, myself and John, we were a little light-hearted on air, um, this was just before Hurricane Sandy hit, I think, or just as it was hitting, um, at the time, uh, it wasn't really clear how many people had been hurt, or how bad the damage was, or anything like that, and just going back over the show and listening, it probably wasn't you know in that best of taste now that we know what did happen so i just want to apologize if anyone was upset or offended by um you know we didn't mean any harm these things are serious we know people got hurt um you know so talking about how sunny it was in in san francisco and everything probably wasn't very appropriate so i just want to apologize um and and say sorry to anyone we upset and just uh, send all my best wishes to people who are still struggling on the um, northeast coast there i think some people still don't even have power um and just to let you know that yeah uh well i'm assume you probably wouldn't have heard us if you have power yet but uh uh <laughs> see i'm getting light-hearted again i need to shut up now now before i say anything else i apologize now i'm going to be quiet erica give us something from the news so i can just get myself under control uh something from the news itunes 11 where is it where is it? That's a good question. Where is it? I mean, they say November now. If you go over to the Apple webpage, it says iTunes 11, November. And if you take a look at the date, we've, we're two-thirds of the way through the month. So when's it going to debut? Yeah, well, they say that about Mountain Lion, don't they? And it's always sort of like the last week. Well, you know, it feels like late October in a way in that they did originally promise it in October, I'd rather them not give us a deadline and simply take the time to cook it and to cook it up right, because iTunes is such a big part, at least of my use of the computer. I'd rather wait till next year and get a really fully finished product than really worry about it just being half-baked. Yeah, I think... If they only get till next year, it's going to take them longer than that to sort iTunes out. <laughs> but they may get it slightly more sorted out if we give them till next year, I guess. Are you on the side of just redo the interface, or are you on the side of break the whole thing down? Okay, this I was on the side of about three or four years ago, after the um, App Store became um, part of life. Um, and everyone was moaning about how rubbish it was and, and, and how <laughs> iTunes was inappropriate, just like they are all today. Um, yeah. 
it's you know I was a one of these firm believers that the reason that iTunes was there was it was a holding thing. It was it got Apple going, and as soon as they saw how big the App Store was, you know, they had a team. They were working on some new stuff uh, in the background to make this whole lot a lot better and give them a couple of years. I thought, and uh, and we will begin to see them to roll out. Yeah, not necessarily an iTunes replacement, but iTunes would probably slim down in what it was there for, and we get maybe some other stuff for our apps, or at least a, a new, totally new thing. And I was just about so wrong, really, wasn't I? <laughs> no, it just keeps increasing. It's it's Moby Store. Moby Store. Great, yes, you know, call me Ishmael. Yeah, it's. Oh, you, you could have started with something more cheery, couldn't you? Really. I could spend an entire chapter talking about the utter complexity of iTunes. No, no, we're not going to go there. The thing that bugs me, though, is that it's hard to know where to cut. If you do want to break it down, and I really think it should be made more a part of the operating system than a standalone application. Yeah, but But what if iTunes is serving um, all those... uh, Windows, people who use Windows. I understand that. Yeah. And the fact is that it is a storefront, but it's also a management system. And why shouldn't, why should OS X treat an iPhone differently than a disk? Well, it shouldn't really, should it? I mean, it has to know what to do when a printer plugs in or a camera plugs in. So it should just know what Mm -hmm. to do with when an iPhone or an iPod plugs in. And so I'm thinking, if it were me, I'd much rather have a different experience across OS X versus Windows than be so married to the idea that it has to be one application that's the same on both systems, that it becomes this monolith that just really has extended beyond what any single application should be doing. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you think iTunes was, you know, one of those things that, you know, Steve Jobs was the huge fan of. This was one of his babies. He wasn't going to let that go. And as long as he was running a company, iTunes was the central hub for all your digital media. Um, Mm -hmm. And so basically uh, any changes, major changes to iTunes while he was there just wasn't going to happen. And, you know, we forget he's only not been around for a year. Um, and I think any reworking of the iTunes infrastructure, you've got to give them two or three years to get right, minimum. Um, So maybe we will see something, but just not for a couple more years. Maybe I can go back to where I was two or three years ago and just start start my prophesying again. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems that your computer should be your digital hub, that it shouldn't be an app on it. That's true. Now, talking to computers, last time you were on the air, just a couple of weeks. In fact, Erica, I've been so rude. I haven't even let you tell people who you are, just in case they weren't listening oh, last hello. time. Uh, Erica, tell I'm, us a little bit about who you are. I'm Erica Sadoon. I write a lot of books about technology, and I blog at the unofficial Apple weblog. And the last show you did with us about your book, Pitch Perfect, has had such mm-hmm. amazing reviews and responses that you are probably one of our most popular guests in a long, long time. So there well, we are. That either this says that you are amazing, out, or other sure. guests. That either says that you were amazing, or other or other guests were useless. Now I'm going to go with the fact that you're amazing. I think. <laughs> well, yeah. D- now, now the pressure's on. Okay. So now I'm going to have to pretend to be witty or something. No, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, okay, so last time we were speaking, you just mm-hmm. that that you were talking to us on about the oldest uh, possible computer I think known to man. Um, 
and you were just expecting your shiny new uh, Mac Mini, I think it was, to, My to, new baby. to arrive from one of the new generation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it has, apparently. And how, how do you find it? I adore my new Mini. You know, Xcode crashes faster than I ever imagined. <laughs> I saw you say that the other day. I can't remember if it was an email to me or online. I thought that that's that's a quote <laughs> really worth remembering. But it's so brilliant. I mean, it's like I have a pro tower that's in the size factor of a Mini. Yeah, I mean, I've got one of the last generation. I've got one of the last generations of Mac Minis, and I was, you know, um, totally impressed with that. I mean, I don't use it as my main machine. It's a machine we use here in the office and at the conferences. But um, you know, and the new, but the new ones are supposed to be, you know, even faster. So I can imagine it's pretty darn impressive. Mm-hmm. What I love about the one we have here and what we use it for is just the HDMI out port. That was, you know, it was one of the it was the first machine I think from Apple to do that, wasn't it? Um, which just makes sort of uh, running into our video equipment a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the HDMI port, I think, is 2011, the first one. I could be wrong. It might have been 2010. But I think it was last year they introduced that. Anyway, we're turning into a hardware show, and that's not what people are here for. We've got a bunch of developers in the chat room. Hello, chat room. Uh, And Erica, you have released a book uh, recently. Um, Why don't you tell us, first of all, a little bit about it, and then we'll start digging in with a few questions. It is the iOS 6 Developer's Cookbook. It is in two volumes. There's the core cookbook, which is pretty much the same as the previous edition, and the advanced cookbook, which last year turned into an expanded edition simply because we ran out of time. (laughs) So we ended up just doing an electronic version for the extra chapters last year. This year, there are the chapters, and it will also be in print. Okay, now um, we are... um going to put some links to the book in the show notes but before we go we're going to give away um some copies of the books i'm not sure if we've got the the standard one or the advanced one or or both do you know it's going to be the standard one the standard one excellent Um, simply because the advanced one hasn't finished going through editorial it's still in production uh, okay so we can't give away one that's not been released yet there we are you know we have a we have a few copies to give away um and uh we're going to do this in a really simple way you're going to send me an email to scotty at ideveloper.tv and you're just going to put in the subject ios 6 cookbook and uh, we will put you in a draw and in a couple of weeks time let's pick a date i'm going to pick a date right now let's say i need to receive it by the first of december anything received before the first of december 2012 go in the draw we will do some um we'll do a draw on the show one night and uh we will um send uh two or three lucky people the uh ios cookbook from erica okay so erica when you were um so that's scotty idevelopertv People send email to that. Okay, uh, Erica, when you were writing the book about iOS 6, what was, what was the bit that made you um, most excited or, or took you the most interest? <laughs> well, you know, it's always fun to be doing a new release of iOS, simply because it's like, oh, goody, new, new toys. So there's always an excitement of what new APIs has Apple put in there. And there's so much to be excited about each time. I think the things that really got me this time were um, collection views, which I adore, were the new extensions into Core Text, basically 
almost everything I used to do in raw core text is now over in the um, UI kit world. So that made me really happy. But the thing that just won my heart that I use daily that just is my favorite bit is constraints. I am absolutely enamored of auto layout. Okay, right. So you're going to have some justifying to do here. Um, we, we produced a, a, an auto layout course here. It's, um, uh, you know, I develop a TV and um, I don't believe I said iDeveloper.tv. Here at iDeveloper TV, we produced uh, an auto layout course. Um, and um, yeah, well, waking that course, we sort of began to really like it. Um, and yet <laughs> the, the response from the community about auto layout is, you know, it's, it's just, oh, it's hatred and, and filth and, and whatever. And, and, and to and me. And you know why? There's a good reason. It's well, because it, I'll they're give me all trying to do it using Interface Builder as opposed to doing it in code. If that's one of the things. Interface Builder is a complete pain in the backside about that <laughs> although you can if you learn to get around it but equally i think they're trying to treat them like strings and struts and they're not yes and they're not okay now i've had my rant because i have that rant almost every week <laughs> you have your I rant mean, springs and struts take you only so far and they're fine for left top and so forth but they're not very nuanced and when you work in the constraint system instead, you can just basically say everything you want to about how the screen should appear. And you can do it in a way where you don't have to worry at, about things at the pixel level. It's all stuff that's very highly reusable. So once you know how to put something in the center of the screen, you can just reuse that over and over again. And what's more, is that it's a system that has built into it the update constraints callback. And that means that when you rotate the device, it's the perfect time to do your setup. So I find it just wonderful for when I want to do um, a different layout for portrait and uh, landscape orientation. Yeah, I encode these things are so powerful, aren't they? I mean, you, you you have so much control. It is, it's 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 amazing. Um, I mean, it is a shame because most people want to put their interface together with Interface Builder. And and in case people don't know, the problem with Interface Builder is in um, within Auto Layout you have this. Um, you know, Interface Builder will not allow you to have an invalid layout. And in order not to allow you to have an invalid layout or, or something that it can't um, generate in code later on, that, that's um, what's the word for America I'm looking for when, when your layout isn't valid? If you've just inconsistent. Inconsistent layout. In Interface Builder will not allow you to have an inconsistent layout. And therefore, to try and make sure you haven't got an inconsistent layout, it will keep throwing in all these constraints all over the place and maybe sometimes moving your own out the way to achieve it. Um, and that's the bit I think that drives people mad. Well, not only that, but it adds these extra constraints and they're happening without your direct request. That's because it There's, won't let it go inconsistent though, isn't it? A, a big part of design is intent. We as developers, as designers, as people who are creating things, for us, it's always, we intend this to happen. We create this. And with interface builder and constraints the way it is now, the reason it drives people crazy is that it is trying to help you to a degree that it is adding rules to your system that you didn't put there. 
I'll tell you what it should do then. What do you think of this? What, what Interface Builder needs is a, is a mode where you can say, right, I am now in layout mode and you are not going to do anything. It allows you to move everything you want to, put the constraints in you want to, and then mm-hmm. when you're done, you turn off that mode. And at that point, if it needs to create new constraints to be consistent with what you've, in order to achieve what you've just mm-hmm. done, that's when it does it. Yeah, because there are two things that it has to do. The constraints need to be sufficient. In other words, they have to describe everything. You don't want things that have multiple solutions. And they have to be consistent in that you don't have constraints that are in conflict with each other. Because as you probably have found out if you've tried using constraints, if you have any constraints in conflict, it makes Xcode really cranky. I mean, and there's nothing like having exceptions thrown when you're trying to run things to really put a dent in your morning. Yeah, it's so uh, Alpha Xcode calls some ambiguous constraints, doesn't it? When 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 and that's when it also doesn't know what to do. When when the layout mm-hmm. is amb- it's not necessarily invalid, but it's ambiguous. It, it's not quite sure how to lay it out. So it just picks something arbitrarily to break. Yeah, I mean, we, we could do a few demos something. of that in the course and show how you know, mm-hmm. depending on what you do, you could refresh this window and you get three different layouts because it's an ambiguous set of constraints you've set up. And if it delayed that till the end, if there were a button that then said, okay, I'm going to add this, is this okay? I think people would be a lot happier about that. I think we are in agreement there, Erica. We need to uh, file a radar with the Xcode team saying we need to be able to tell tell, tell, tell Interface Builder that right now I'm on my own. And when I say I'm not on my own, you can go in and sort out my mess if you feel like it. I mean, because I, 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 I guess they're thinking of, are they right to hold our hand? This is a good question about our developer tools. Um, I think it's a good question anyway. Don't want to sound too, it's an too excellent clever. question because uh, there's a big difference between who uses Interface Builder and who builds in code. Interface Builder is the perfect tool for dealing with designers who are not necessarily coders. They can create a visual storyboard, and I use that term extremely appropriately, of how the application is supposed to look like and act like over time. But just because they are dealing in a visual space of this graphic layout doesn't necessarily mean it translates well to people who live in code world. So should it hold their hands? I don't mind that for my designers, but when... I see what the design is going to be. I then want to take control and convert it all to something which is a little bit cleaner in, you know, my code world. Yeah, I see this is maybe Interface Builder needs modes, beginner and expert, and it just mm-hmm. stays there because, you know, put it this way, I, I, it's good that an IDE sort of catches me when I'm being a complete idiot, which, to be honest, is most of the time. Um, (laughs) I doubt that so uh, that's good but sometimes it's like no I know I am a complete idiot but please stop treating me like I'm a complete idiot sort of sometimes you know do do we want our developer tools to look after us that much or do they should they just be a little bit more standoffish and, and let us sometimes get ourselves into trouble I don't know because there's a lot of stuff that Xcode now does for me in terms of auto completion that I kind of like Okay, expand. For example, it sort of starts knowing what I'm typing next. 
I mean, sometimes it's hilariously wrong, but most of the time it's pretty dead on. It's the last auto completion I used, and because it was the last auto completion I used, it's probably the one I want to do next. And when it does that, when it learns my patterns, for example, when I'd use notifications, if I'm listening for notification, I always prefer the block form. Okay, but that's that's making a suggestion to you. That's not doing it for you or stopping you from doing it some other way. Suggestions are good, unless it's like, oh, it looks like you're writing a letter. Would you like me to help? Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's you know so suggestions and that getting better and better and better is great. It's when it you know the interface builder isn't just making suggestions; it's getting in there and it's doing things. Yeah, there that is an issue, isn't it? Yeah. Oh well, maybe we've spoken enough about auto layouts. I I I, I was very skeptical about auto layouts, um, but actually through um, working as part of the team making the course here, um, you know. I've come to sort of realize that it's a good way forward. It's It will only get better, hopefully. Um, and in code, as soon as I saw the, auto layout, fish, though, didn't you think, OMG, they're going to introduce a new form factor? Uh, no, I didn't. But maybe I'm not just that you know, wider thinker. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I saw auto layout and I went, okay, this is so clearly going to be a new iPhone size. Uh, but see, you, you, you live in the world that is always looking out for the next new thing and speculating, and if you've got nothing to speculate about, just making it up, because that's what, you know, isn't that what all you <laughs> bloggers do? So, that's what we so do. You're, you're, of course you're going to think that. You've got, you know, they could put any new feature in and you're going to think, here comes the next thing. <laughs> anyway, I, I do really love constraints, and at least from a code level point of view, they've made my life very happy. It's it's really one of iOS S6's great new features. Yeah, I mean the visual is it visual layout language, visual flow flow layout language, <laughs> I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, that's um you know, that's really cool. Yeah, it's like texting to Xcode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh right, okay, so that's uh, that's auto layout. You know, um, so we've got a short show today, folks, because um, unfortunately I've got to disappear. Though, if we're going and um, you know, we've still got more to say, we're going to get Erica back and we're going to f- finish it off uh, another time. But um, who, uh, you know, what, what, what's next on the list? You said Auto Layout was your absolute favourite. Um, collection views. Collection views. Oh, I love collection views. I'm writing a course <laughs> on collection views right now. I'm so in love. Yeah. But please tell me that you're using the alarm clock app on iPad to show what you shouldn't do. No, I'm not. You could tell me all about that. Oh, I hate that that app. It's like it's. I know it's really low to bring in Steve Jobs to any conversation, since obviously you know the poor man isn't here to defend himself. But I think Steve would have yelled a lot if he had seen that. I think it is the worst design, most horrific user interface abuse in that presentation. And it was done just to show off, look what we can do with collection views. Hmm. Yeah, okay. But don't you find that a little bit of um, iOS over the last couple of releases become a little bit show-offy in the whole interface thing anyway? Um... There are things I'm not particularly fond of. Um, I hate to invoke stitch leather, uh, 
because it's such an easy target. But I have never been a fan of too much, you know, skeuomorphism. It is just something that hasn't really appealed to me. On the other hand, you know, the linen, the gray linen doesn't really bother me the way it bothers a lot of other people. But I'm not an artist. I'm not a designer. Yeah, I, so, I hate the leather as well. But that's you know that's probably been done to death. And, and we're supposed to be talking to developers, and so I distracted you there. Okay, collection views. Other than the uh, alarm clock app on the iPad, which you did, which is which is which is heinous, an abomination. It is an abomination. Um, What do you like about them? What what is it that particularly about collection views that you like? It does everything that everybody's been trying to do with table views. There has been so much table view abuse over the past, you know, few years. People try to make poor little table views do things they were never intended to do, and. Between table views, alert views, and action sheets, I think those are the three most abused classes in iOS. And what collection views does is it just ramps it up a notch. It gives you two-dimensional tables. It gives you horizontal tables. It really just simply adds a twist on things, but is flexible enough that it doesn't tie you into the preconceptions of the UI table view, which said, this is what a table cell is. A table cell has a picture. It has a main line of text. It has subtext. Not that kind of subtext, but, you know, the the subtitle. And there was this concept of that is what a table view cell is is. And then everybody spent three years trying to break that because they had other ideas what it is. So here comes collection views and it's a, it's still, you know, essentially a scroll view, but it's one where they said, okay, you have the tools, you create whatever you want. It, it doesn't have to be what tables were at the beginning of iOS. And I love that you can then Create things that aren't so tied to the past that you're stuck there. Do you know what surprises me about collection views? The, mm-hmm. the fact they've got this layout system and with it comes flow layout, um, which yeah. is the generic grid type layout, which takes a little bit of getting used to, but is, is you know, <laughs> it's very incredibly flexible. But I'd have thought by now, what are we sort of, two months on from the release of iOS 6, we'd have started to see quite a few more sort of custom layouts beginning to appear out there on on, on the web and on GitHub and and things. And I've not seen too much of it, really. I did a a general grid layout, so that's part of the book. But I think most people who are developing custom layouts, like remember Apple did the great demos of the circle layout and so forth. I think they're going to play very close to themselves. I don't really see them going up on GitHub because you're going to, you're going to invest all this time in something very, very specific. Well, if you're going to do that, you're probably going to want to have that, um, specific thing be part of your you know internal code base i don't really see it as something that is highly reusable well i think that's very selfish because i'm trying to write some stuff on custom layers at the moment and i want something to copy well i've got (laughs) i think i've got an entire chapter i've got a whole bunch of custom layouts there i've got one which you know kind of 
is a left-right scroll that zooms the middle and uses, um, what's it called? Deceleration. All right, yep, okay. So that's yes. all in my, my uh, chapter on uh, collection views. So oh, well, maybe I'll I have think to put I've myself in a, for the book draw then. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got a half dozen custom ones there. Yeah. So, And they are on GitHub. I will go and find those and have a look. So, yeah, I think um, Collection View is it, – it's a great addition. Um, it, it really does bring some new things to the party. And, of course, some of the stuff they put into Collection View, such as the automatic cell DQing and everything, which has also gone into mm-hmm. UI Table View now. Is, is, yeah, is do you notice, though, that they're named well. differently? Drives me crazy. Take a look at the method names. They don't match. I filed a radar. Oh, they don't match. Okay, I've, I've not they even don't match. That. They're so close, but not. They're not quite the same thing. It's the. Uh, I believe it's like DQ reusable cell. Yeah, it's something like that. You're not going to ask me to try and remember APIs off the top of my head, are you? <laughs> no, but it's um, DQ reusable cell with identifier mm-hmm. versus DQ reusable cell with reuse identifier. Now that's just a bit silly, really, isn't it? But there we are. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and the thing we used to say about Coco and Coco was it's always so consistent. I guess that bit of that has dropped through recently. Okay, so we've um, we've talked about outer layer in, in, in collection views. Uh, I mean, is it just because collection views give you a little bit more? You know, is it because do you like it just because now you're not trying to force UI table view to do stuff it wasn't supposed to do? Because before that. it was either try and make UI table view do something or go to a totally custom but user interface. But it's also interface, a more was, general you know, neither set of tools. Pleasant. But it's also a more general set of tools. It's like giving you crayons and Legos so you can build whatever you want, as opposed to giving you a rubber stamp that you had to sort of fill in and adapt. I like more general tools. Those are often much more powerful. There we are. I like that. Lots of the developers I know would do very well with crayons and (laughs) Legos. It doesn't really give them that engineering... (laughs) Look, does it? But there we are. Okay, so um, we've got time for one more. Um, say short show today, but uh, we, we can uh, always get Erica back and dig on. So, uh, Cortex. Auto layout, collection views. What next? Cortex. Cortex. Okay, now you're moving into an area where I'm going to have to just shut my mouth so everyone will be pleased about that because oh, uh, no, I know, I know don't nothing. Don't be like that at all. What Apple has done is they realize that in the real world, people like things like fonts and colors and multiple sizes and so forth. And this is the firmware that finally introduced attributed text to everything. Well, almost everything. And attributed text is what adds all sorts of font nuances to text. So... If you take a look at GitHub, you will find roughly a bajillion old things for custom UI labels and custom buttons, all of which would support Cortex-like features, where you could, you know, make it bold or make it italic, but it could change throughout the text. And what iOS 6 did is it introduced these to nearly every major UI kit class. You can now use full attributed text in scrolling text views, in text fields, in buttons, in your navigation bar, on those cute little, um, you know, bar button items. You can use really exciting typesetting, 
across the board. That is a huge difference between now and a year ago. Uh, it's you know this whole area of dealing with text is an area that just sort of mystifies me. So, break us. You know, you've you've said we can do all these things, but just give us a little bit of an insight into you know what that means. You know, I can do lots of things if I'm prepared to put enough hard work into it. Is this <laughs> stuff now genuinely a lot easier, or is it? Oh, you know, it is, is it just, genuinely it's easier. Easier than it was. And let me explain it in one simple uh, phrase. It used to be core foundation. Now it's objective C. Okay, that sounds a lot easier to me already. <laughs> I love when things become real cocoa. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's one of these weird things because you know, as you said, often all they do is put an NS instead of a CF in front of something, <laughs> and, and obviously we get the memory management and the arc stuff all come in. Um, yeah, but it's like but a bridge it, it still, over it still just water. makes it all feel a lot nicer, doesn't it? It does, and it also means that Apple has a chance to think about how is this really used in real life, and their API reflects that. If you take a look at the brand new class NS Paragraph style, it does everything that used to be incredible amount of pain in the rear work through you know core foundation style calls with all the issues of how do you set it up. It has become a single class. You, it has properties, and oh, I love properties. You just assign properties, boom, you're done. Yeah, that's that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? it it's it's, it's got to be a catch. It's got to be it's got to be harder than that. No, it is way, 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 way easier. In fact, my core text chapter, which is really now should be called typesetting, because you don't have to touch. Cortex itself, you can do most everything through NS attributed string now, which has just, it's like Apple came along with fairy dust and sprinkled it on NS attributed string and made it happy and fun and easy to use. So my Cortex chapter just, you know, shrank. It went from absurdly large to incredibly manageable because Apple made it Simple, easy to use, happy, friendly APIs, and that made me really happy. It, it, it seems that the chat rooms agree with you. There's a few people out there telling me that Cortex rocks, and so that's it. You, I will have to go and have a look. Um, I've not even <laughs> looked at Cortex in iOS six yet. We're going to have to um, have to go in there and, and take a look. Okay, even better um, if you watch Fringe, you can then say you're a Cortex fan. So I didn't hear that, Erica. You broke up there just for a moment, but um, uh, it was a very bad pun. Sorry. Ah, that's okay. It's you, you've come up with a couple of good ones today. Apple sprinkled fairy dust, and how uh, Xcode now crashes as fast as it needs to on your new machine. So that's great. I'm just going to butt in here for a moment and um, just talk about our sponsor because we're coming towards the end of the show. It's been a very quick show today, I know, um, but the show has been sponsored by Invasive Code. They provide uh, iOS training. Uh, train developers uh, and they cover iOS 6 they have done since day one five day intensive training course um, you get seven hours a day in the classroom and uh, 
Uh, maximum of 10 people on the course. That's what I love about these guys. No more than 10 people. That's really important when you're training. Is you know how, That's the first question I always ask. How many people are going to be there? Uh, plus, equally in the evening, you get a couple of hours of lab time where the trainer will still be around and you can catch up with the exercises for the day, ask questions, ask a bit more about the stuff that you didn't quite get there. So it's seven hours a day plus two hours of lab time. All the training material, lunch, a book uh, with the theory, exercises, um all the things you can need. Uh, next one is in February the 4th in sunny San Francisco. Uh, cost is $2,600. But if you send them an email saying everybody loves Invasive Code, they'll knock 200 <laughs> bucks off that price. So uh, we want to thank Invasive Code for sponsoring today's show. Um, you can check them out at training.invasivecode.com. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Please go check them out. Uh, thank them for supporting us as a sponsor. And um, it's great to have them on board. Erica. We are drawing near to the end of the show because I'm afraid I have to run away for an appointment. So um, I've cut you really short, which I know is is really unfair. Um, It seems to me, I'm going to put you on the spot here, that um, I've asked you today about your three favourite things from iOS 6. Um, Would you be prepared to come back another day and tell me about the three things you hate most about iOS 6? I'd be delighted to if I could come up with three. Oh, well, there we are. I'm going to give you. Will I'll give two you, and a half work? I'll, I'll give you a couple of couple of weeks to think about it and come up with. As a developer, I mean, this isn't as a user. This is a developer. What do you or what do you wish they put in that they hadn't, or what? Where did they miss the mark? Where did they I'll go give you quite a, far a enough? preview of what I'm going to say, but I believe that alerts those little blue boxes of doom. Yeah. will play a role because unless you're the doctor, you have no reason to be playing with little blue boxes. Oh, well, we look forward to that. We will get you back. We will get you back to talk all about that. Erica, it's been great fun speaking with you. Sorry we've had to have such a short show um, it's because been I could have carried Thank on you. chatting for hours. Uh, don't forget, everyone, um, if you want a copy, uh, to try a chance to win a copy of Erica's um, iOS 6 cookbook, send me an email, scotty at ideveloper.tv. Make the subject iOS 6 cookbook, and uh, I need to get it by December the 1st, and then we will do a draw. Erica, tell people where they can uh, follow you on Twitter, app.net, or any of those things, your blog, any of that stuff, so that people can get in touch with you. The best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter. I'm Erica Sadoon, exactly as you'd expect. I'm also at the unofficial Apple weblog, which I blog at pretty much daily. And, of course, if you want uh, the early edition for the preprint version, Informit has copies of the cookbook. And I have two digital shorts, which are just separate chapters. There's one on constraints, and there's one on documents. And when I say documents, I mean things like um, the open-in menu and all that fun sort of stuff that you can do with them. That's good. So we'll make sure all those links are in the show notes so people can go find those. Erica, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for being um, uh, uh, prepared to um, be cut short and be nice about it. Well, we haven't gone off air yet. Maybe you won't be nice <laughs> when we get off air, but I'm going to assume you're going to be nice when we go off air. Uh, thank you very much, chat room, for, um, uh, for, for listening in today. Um, yeah, I want to know what uh, you guys think... Um, of uh you know ios 6 your three favorite bits and your three worst bits chat room scotty at ideveloper.tv scotty at ideveloper.tv is the email that you need to send stuff to um in fact someone's telling me put it in the chat room so that's what i will do okay everybody listening on the feeds you can send in as well you got to the first of december chat room thank you very much erica thank you very much until next time you take care (laughs) 